This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeout for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome once again to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome to Podcast One of another busy week of Seattle Mariners baseball. We have a lot to cover in this one. A lot went down over the weekend. Mariners taking on the Colorado Rockies in an interleague series. They'll continue the homestand tonight. Three against the Angels. We'll take a quick look at that. We'll roll through some of the highlights over the weekend. Pretty interesting weekend. Some history going down over the weekend. Also, bullpen banter is back. Charlie Furbush is back, and he's with James Jones. They sing. It's excellent. You don't want to miss that. That comes up in a few. Also, an interesting discussion. First, you'll hear Lloyd McClendon talk about rosters expanding and what that actually means in terms of how the game is played on a game-to-game basis. And we're also going to have a discussion about that coming up, uh, myself and Mike Blowers and Rick Riz, and we're going to kick that around because it's pretty interesting, and it does change the way the game is played. It feels a little different these days when the rosters expand in September than even a few years ago. So you'll hear that conversation. That comes up in a few. I think it's one that's certainly worth having. Also, the week that was will be on its way as well. Some fun highlights in there to talk about. So all that's coming up. Let's start with the weekend, though. Mariners take on the Rockies for three games. And Friday night, well, that just didn't go the Mariners' way as they fell in game one of the series. Although Kyle Seager continued to play long ball, he continues to be absolutely red hot. He is in some kind of zone right now. It continued on Friday. Friedrich delivers, swing and a fly ball deep into the gap in right center field by Seager. Going and going. This is gone. Goodbye, baseball. Kyle Seager with his 24th home run of the season. And the Mariners finally get on the board here in the bottom of the eighth inning. It's now the Rockies three and the Mariners two. Kyle Seager jumping on the first pitch from the left-hander Friedrich. Unfortunately, that would be as close as they would get. Seager, though, another home run against the lefty, which is pretty remarkable. He's got 24 on the season and 12 of them against left-handers, and he has now entered Griffey territory in terms of lefty home runs against left-handed pitchers. Now, when I say Griffey territory, he kind of dominates. Well, not kind of. He does dominate single-season marks, lefty and lefty home runs. Griffey hit 21 of them, lefty on lefty, in 98. He hit 21 of them in 96. 
16 and 94, 14 and 97, 13 and 93, and now Seeger is tied with Griffey from 92 with 12. So if you look at the most lefty and lefty home runs in a season, it goes Griffey, 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 and Seeger. So he's entered the Griffey domain. And in case you're wondering, Griffey's 21 and 98 and 21 and 96. That's the most, along with Barry Bonds, who had one season of 21 as well. That's the most lefty versus lefty home runs. So there you go. Seeger is uh, – his numbers against lefties are pretty impressive. But that, I think, really points out how good he's been when you can get mentioned in the same breath with Ken Griffey Jr. in that regard. So – wasn't enough, though, as the Mariners fell in game one of the series. Rockies take it on Friday, 4-2. to two. Saturday was a very entertaining ball game. It included Robinson Cano going deep in a big, big way. The lineup and the pitch, swinging a drive. Deep to straightaway right field, and this one is way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Off the auxiliary board, above the lower deck, right below the hit it here cafe patio. What a drive by Robinson Cano, his 16th home run of the season. Holy smokes, and it's the Mariners' one, the Rockies' nothing on a blast by Robbie. Blast is right. That thing was annihilated. That's <laughs> right, Phil. At the facade, I mean, absolutely turned around and crushed. And he wasn't the only one playing long ball. Nelson Cruz, a career high, his 41st. A big righty standing there waiting for the pitch. No two, is swung on and clubbed. High and deep to left field. Back it goes, and it is gone into the Colorado Rockies bullpen. Nelson Cruz has smashed his career high, 41st home run. Career high, 41 home runs. Wow, that thing was smashed, too. And it wasn't just the long ball. Ruenis Elias, he sprinted out of the gates. He retired the first nine hitters he saw in absolutely dominating fashion. The pitch, swing and a miss, and Daphne goes. He does it. The curveball again. The hook has got him. He has retired the first nine hitters he has seen. He has punched out five hitters in a row, and he saws through the Rockies lineup one, two, three here in the third. He was awesome to start the ball game. He got bounced. In the sixth inning, he didn't make it through six. He went five and a third, but he fanned eight without giving up an earned run. He did give up two, but partly on his error, but only one hit. He was outstanding in the ball game. It was one of the most complete games the Mariners have played this year, including a squeeze. Now the infield up close for a play at the plate. Here's the squeeze. The bunt is down. Picked up by Flande. Shovels home. Not in time. Scoring Sean O'Malley. John Hicks with the squeeze bunt. Got it down right between the mound and home plate. Flande, the pitcher, charging. Shoveled it out of his glove to the catcher, Murphy. Not in time. And scoring, standing up, Sean O'Malley on the squeeze by Hicks. And the Mariners now lead 4 to nothing. The Mariners are doing it every way possible to score a run. Yeah, one of the most complete games of the season. They had it offensively, playing long ball, doing the little things, showed off the speed, defensively, outstanding, a couple of really nice plays. Starting pitching, bullpen, it was all there in game two. 7-2, to the Mariners win. Game three was a close one, but really it was 
one play that stands out, a defensive play by Colorado, and it's one of the best plays in the majors this season. The 2-1 pitch, here she comes. Swing and a fly ball to left field and deep down the line. On the run, Brandon Barnes dives. Does he make the catch? Yes, he does. Holy smokes, the throw, the relay back to first and out at first base. Double up is Marte. Brandon Barnes with a diving catch. The throw in to the shortstop Adamas. The relay to first base was in time to double up Marte. Holy smokes, what a catch by Barnes. It was an amazing catch. Full-on Superman, fully extended, diving. He took a leap, was parallel to the ground, stretching out, made the catch, and slammed chest first into the ground, went skidding on the grass and then onto the warning track near the wall, finally wiping out some of the chalk and somehow scrambled to his feet, got a throw off, and they doubled up Marte, who was on his way to score, would have tied the game. Seager probably would have been at third base, at least second, but probably third. And that game changes completely, but Barnes, an incredible catch. Kyle Seager threw a ball away as well. That made a big difference. Seager in the middle of everything. Here's what he had to say after the ball game. Marte runs there. You know, you got to think that, you know, that ties the game. But, you know, he made a he made a heck of a play. Even when I saw him start to dive, I still didn't know if he was going to be able to get to it, but he, he did. You, just, you saw him as the play was going on. Yeah, you, you know, you're kind of, you know, you're watching to, you know, see where, you know, you're running hard, so you're trying to watch the play in front of you, whether you can, you know, maybe get to third if it gets by him. So he uh, made a he made a heck of a play. Were they shading? Was he shading you to pull as well? I mean, did he have to go and walk? You know, they were playing straight up. I, I'm I'm not sure. I know that when I hit it, you know, I saw the, you know, kind of the trajectory of it, you know, with it slicing, and you know, kind of saw him run, and then you know, I felt pretty good about it. The play at home there, did you not have a good grip? On the ball? No, I got it. I got it. I got my grip was fine. I um, you know, I didn't. I you know, I kind of it stayed down a little bit more, and I tried to, you know, make it a little more than I needed to. If I'd have could have done it again, I'd have tried to just one hand instead of two handing it right there. Would you go and barehand with it then? No, no, no. no. I would have just filled it well. with my left hand and take an extra step and throw it home. I filled it with well, the way it kicked a little bit. I filled it on the right side of my body. I would have filled it on the left side. To make that throw tougher, where you're making the throw on the run and have to throw straight forward as opposed to you know cross the diamond. Yeah, yeah. You don't have your body. You know, you don't have your body set. You don't have your shoulder set. You know, the the ball's gonna go where your you know your feet and shoulders are are pointing to, and you know that's not a um that's not where they're pointing. McClendon said that play on Barnes, one of the top ten plays of the year, probably. Would you agree with that or disagree? I mean, it was one of the you know best plays I've seen this year. You know, it was it was it was a really really good play and a in a really. Uh, you know, pretty big moment there. So, you know, that's, you know, you got to tip your captain on it. So that was Seager after the ball game. Mariners fall 3-2. to two. The story, James Paxson finally taking the mound. He has not pitched since the end of May, May 28th. So he took the ball for the first time in a while. Good to see him up on the hill. Not a long start as I don't think that's a big shock. He ends up going three innings. Two hits, three runs, two earned, three walks, and four strikeouts. He did that on 66 pitches. Here's what he had to say after the game. I feel good. You know, it felt great to be back on the mound. Uh, body felt good, no pain anywhere, so that was good. James, with the kind of weird schedule, the fingernail stuff, did you were you worried about that, that maybe you would feel a little off with your command because it hasn't been like a normal week going into this? 
it's been a bit of a weird week, but you know, um, no excuses. I just didn't uh, didn't have it today. But I think that this is a good one to build off of for me and uh, get ready for the next one. Let me look at your line. More frustrated with maybe three innings or three walks. Uh, the walks weren't good, you know, and I think that's what caused me to only go three innings. Um, if I had better fastball command and was getting ahead of guys more often today, would have allowed me to go deeper in the game. What's next for you in this process? Uh, just throwing my bullpen this week, working on those things to get my fastball command where it needs to be, and uh, just work, work on getting back out there. First inning was pretty efficient for you. Did anything change over the first inning, though, or is it feel pretty sane throughout the start period? Uh, felt pretty good. Um, you know, felt the same. Um, just pulled off some pitches. Um, I think as I get back out there and throw more and more, it'll get more consistent. Nail held up and everything like that. Yep, yep, yep no problem with the fingernail or finger. Uh, everything felt great. And so that was Paxton after the ball game. The Mariners fall in game three of the series. They lose the series to the Rockies. Now they'll take on the Angels, the last three of this homestand. Taiwan Walker is going to go tonight against Garrett Richards. That should be a fun one. 7-10 first pitch from Safeco. Felix will pitch on Tuesday. We'll talk more about the numbers he's chasing in the podcast tomorrow. But looks like he's going to get four starts down the stretch. So he has a chance to join some pretty elite company. Again, we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Hasashi Wakuma against Jared Weaver on Wednesday. That one at 7-10 as well. An off day Thursday. And then out on the road Last road trip of the season, if you can believe it. Texas, Kansas City, and back to the Angels, and then come home for the final homestand of the season. So that's how the next three map out. Angels coming off of a crushing loss to the Astros yesterday. One where Street was in, protecting a three-run lead. There were two outs in the ninth inning, nobody on base. And somehow, someway, the Astros come back to win the ball game. And the Angels... Still in the thick of things, but yikes, that one was tough to swallow. So I'm interested to see how the Angels come out in the game tonight against the Mariners. So we'll talk about that tomorrow, but right now, it's time for Bullpen Banter with Charlie Furbush. Hey, we're back again. I am back. This is so awesome to be back on another edition of Bullpen Banter. I'm Charlie Furbush, the amazing host that you have missed, I'm sure, but I am here, and uh, I'm glad to... Got to be back. My guest today is James Jones. James, how are you today, man? I'm doing great down here for this bullpen banter now. Yeah, I'm, hopefully I didn't scare you too much with that intro, but uh, <laughs> it's good to good to have you. I haven't been on the show for a couple weeks now because I get you know I've been on the shelf on the disabled list. But where where'd you grow up, man? Where where did life start for James Jones? Life started in Brooklyn, New York. You know, neighborhood called Crown Heights. All right. When it comes to pizza, is is like New York pizza like the best? It, I don't know. I mean, I got I got to ask a true, you know, native. Hands down, Brooklyn has you know the best pizza. New York has the best pizza. You know, I go to other places, other states. There's even a place out here. I see there's a Brooklyn pizza out here. So you, know, you tried it? I didn't try it. I didn't try it. I probably wouldn't trust it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you have a favorite spot to go to? So if I show up in New York in the off season, I want to get a good slice of pizza. Where am I going? They have dollar slices. It's all over the city. It's two. Right. It's called Two Brothers. I really like their slices. I'm in. I'm in. That's 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 great, man. You know, he just just been called up here for September. You know, we got a new group of guys here from the years past. Can, can you give me, you know, one of the new guys that's been in AAA? That's uh, maybe maybe just a weird weird guy that I haven't got to know yet. Maybe he's a little shady. I don't know. Maybe a little nervous. Is anyone? Shade out. Maybe I'll give you probably Zick. 
Okay. He's like, he, he looked like he has a little dark side to him. You know, we're still getting to know each other, but he's a he's an interesting guy. I can say that. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. And he actually reminds me uh, of two former teammates of mine. Like, you put them together, Dustin Ackley, and he looks like a combo of Josh Kinney. I don't know if you remember, though. You put those two together, and I got I got Tony Zick. I'm like, oh, my, why? I, it's the first time I met him. I just couldn't, couldn't, get it, couldn't get away from it. Halloween is coming up. I don't know if you like it as much as I do. I want to know, what, what, what are you going to dress up for this year, and what has been your favorite costume that you've dressed up in years past? If I do dress up, I may go to my, my go-to, which is, you know, a nice hoodie with a Jason mask. You know, <laughs> that was my go-to. I had a platinum Jason mask. Wow. That's scary, man. You know what I mean? I can only imagine that, you know, I look at you on a Halloween mask like that, and I'm super scared, and then you just rip it off and this big old smile. I would, <laughs> I'm sure you just prank people all, all the time. Absolutely. So last year, I'm going to give you a little quick story. I, I uh, was spending Halloween here, and a good group of friends came out, and about six or seven of us dressed up as zoo animals. And since, you know, I played for the Mariners, and the Mariners used to play in the kingdom, we car- called ourselves the Animal Kingdom thought it was super clever and we went in and we the uh, halloween costume contest and we find out that that we we're not going to make the cut we're not good enough and it turns out that people dressed up like all soda bottles one you know <laughs> that's that's not creative right, right? There. I, I mean, mean that's come on. Not... come on the animal kingdom we got a name we look good i was a giant parrot you know what i mean i mean a huge parrot with wings it was it was amazing what was it what was the first car you ever owned First car I ever owned is the Audi I'm driving right now. <laughs> no way. Yeah. All right. What is Audi? Audi. It's an A6. A6. What color you got? All black. All black. All right. <laughs> there it is. That's that's. Hey, I, I respect it, man. My my first car was the car I, after I got drafted. I finally bought myself a car. You know. Yeah. Same here. I, right? I was just used to taking that public transportation everywhere. So. Yeah. In New York. Yeah. Exactly. You, didn't, you never needed one. So bring me back to, to Brooklyn, New York, maybe middle school. Did you play a musical instrument? You know, were you in the uh, chorus class? What did you do? Man, I, I wasn't in the chorus class. I wasn't anything with instrumentals. I, I used to make beats on my, my class table. But okay. <laughs> other That's than it. that, uh, I didn't make bell group. I remember there was a bell group. Didn't cut that, so I don't think instruments is my taste. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you could have one person play one actor play play your life in a movie. What actor would it be? I gotta go with Denzel Washington. Gotta go with Denzel. Great actor. He pulls off a variety of different characters. Even though I haven't seen him like as much as in a goofy kind of standpoint, because I'm really goofy. But <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure Denzel could pull that off. I, I can see that. I mean, I was gonna say maybe maybe on a, on a comical level, maybe Dave Chappelle on a, on a side note. Most definitely. That's that's definitely a. Behind us, I'll go with Dave Chappelle right there. That's a good one. And what's an even better one here is I want to know what your go-to karaoke song is. I know I've seen you sing, and you can get down with it. If everyone's watching, I turn on the, turn on American Idol and you're in the finals. What song are you going with? I mean, I always told everybody if I was on American Idol, I would definitely get the golden ticket if I sung Kings of Leon, You Somebody. Wow. Can we give a little uh, can we quick little sample of it? I'll give the little chorus. You go. Okay. You know that I can you somebody. Ooh. Oh, that's it. That's it. I don't even know. I that sound. That. I gotta save that. We need to go karaoke, man. That that was that's just, that's gonna get a standing ovation. I don't know. I just heard one sentence. 
one line, and it's, it's standing ovation quality. You know that I could use? I, see, I can't do it. See, I can't do it. Somebody. See, James, that's going to wrap it up with this week's edition of Bullpen Banter. Glad to be back and glad to have you on the show, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right, we'll see you guys next week or sometime soon. Don't miss me too much. And now a discussion about September and how the game is a little bit different. And to set the tone, here's Rick Riz asking the question to Lloyd McClendon. Here it is the month of September, Skip, and uh, September call-ups. I took a look down to the bullpen for the Rockies. They've got 14 relievers down in the bullpen. What's it like managing in September compared to the previous five months when you know that very seldom are you going to get the matchup you really want. Yeah, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it. I'm I really not. I, I don't think it's good for baseball, particularly for teams that are contending uh, to have to, you know, you, you, you have a 25, 26, 27-man roster and everybody else has got a 40-man roster. It's just not fair. Uh, and I've been a, an advocate of that for, for right. quite some time. I just don't think it's fair. And I think it's something that Major League Baseball needs to take a look at. Uh, and, you know, you talk about the pace of the game, the speed of the game. Games can get awfully, awfully long. And yesterday we decided to talk about this a little bit. So here is me along with Rick Riz, Mike Blowers, as we discuss how September has changed and should there be some tweaks to call-ups in the rosters in September. Gary Hill back with you, joined by Mike Blowers and Rick Riz. And, it is September, and it's always interesting baseball in September. Rosters have been expanded, but I think the question that we'll look at today is should there be some tweaks to the rules in September? Because maybe it's just my perception. Maybe maybe you differ from me on this, but it seems like teams are using September a little bit different than they have in the past. We're seeing a ton of pitching changes and not just in Mariners games but all throughout baseball are seeing eight nine pitchers used in a ball game I mean it's it's really changing how the game is being played as opposed to the first handful of months before we get to September so should the rules be tweaked a little bit I'm just I'm still a a little bit surprised I I think if if you're, you're with a ball club that is in the hunt I can understand wanting a few extra guys you know if you can have that guy on your bench like uh, James Jones who can really run and maybe steal your a, a game late uh, I, I understand that uh, a few extra pitchers I get that but if you think about it there, there's a tremendous amount of expense when you look at the sheer number of bodies that have been called up I mean for Colorado the way that they expanded their roster and this is a last place club um, there's a lot of expense to that and then you go out there and, you, you know, you can mix and match all game long because yeah. you have so many pitchers. Yeah. It yeah. really it really brings the game to a stop. But I, I think more importantly, I just think that if you go through five months and you're a competitive club, it really changes the look of your team. The team that's done all the work for five months, you can completely change the look of your team by just adding the number of bodies that you're able to do. I mean, that's just it doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, I think I added up the roster I think the Rockies have like 36 players on their roster right now you can expand to 40 and but I've never seen it to this amount where teams are really adding guys uh, from the minor leagues whereas Mike and I were talking down at dinner about you know back in the day you might see three maybe four maybe five would be a lot maybe yeah you know at that point and I could see you know adding like a James Jones but adding a few pitches maybe even an extra catcher just in case but uh, maybe 
you know, go to that or, or resetting your roster that you can use only 25 of the 36 yeah. or or something along the way. But right now you can use everybody that has a uniform on. Yeah, that's the question now. Should it come to the point where you have to declare you can bring as many guys up as you want off your 40 man. But before each game you have to declare a 25 because really it's kind of taken the strategy out of the ball game because you never really you bring in a lefty. Well, you don't really have to think about the later innings because you have you know in Colorado's case 19 more pitchers to go to if need be. But if you think about it this way if you're if you're playing a club that is that is out there and these wins and losses are really important as we're down to the last 20 games of the season uh -huh. Gary your guys that you want to use as a pinch hitter in a critical situation if you're that manager you're not sure when you're going to be able to use them because of the availability of all, yeah, they have point. they have lefty Five righty the, from the fifth inning on they have lefty righty getting loose in the bullpen for the rest of the game mm -hmm. when normally you wouldn't be afforded that it costs you something if you run if you run Seth Smith up there and you bring your left hander in to get him out that's fair. I understand that but you shouldn't have four or five of those guys out. There. You know what that's a great point and I was actually talking to Bill Kruger about this yesterday and he made that same point and he brought it home talking about the Mariners last season Mariners finished a game out of the postseason. You have teams with extra lefties to face Seager to face Cano at the end of ball right. games. That's changing the face of a race. Of course that's what that's that's the whole point of it. So I, I think to your point Gary I think it's a really good idea that needs to be looked at and uh, look I'm all for bring these guys up the Mariners have they've expanded their roster they brought guys up you want to expose them to the game so that when they go into spring right. training next year the, all those things are important but they're not going to play every day and you, you certainly know when they're going to yeah uh, I, I think that's that's where it gets to the point to where you should set a number 25 26 27 I don't know what the number is that makes the most sense mm -hmm. but you can't uh, you know to me to have 35 guys it, it changes your club. I, I like the way did. the game's played. Yeah. I like what they did with uh, Michael Pineda about uh, five years ago. They just brought him up. He wasn't activated, but just to get him inside the clubhouse, to get him here, to see what it's like, you know, in a big league ballpark, wow. and uh, you know, get him ready, get that experience under under his belt. Yeah, I mean, th th these are important things. It's important for Lloyd McClendon to have an in-game, real season opportunity to watch Hicks catch, to watch Barron catch. To have a better idea when you're trying to build your club going into next year. Those things are important. And I don't want to take that right. away from them. But as far as a competitive advantage, I think it needs to be looked at. And I think you can accomplish those yeah. things by putting a restriction on a, just every night. And you can change it from yeah, night to night. Change it from night yeah. to night. You yeah. can, it's a fluid thing. And yeah. you could keep it, I think, a 25-man roster because teams obviously won't put their four other starters on the roster. So that would open up some extra room to get some guys into ball games, but I, I think that's right. I mean we all know that September is incredibly valuable for you know the the young guys to see their first action but I think both goals can be accomplished keeping the game true and also getting experience to those great. players exactly. in September. Yeah and I like that because the other manager knows exactly what your roster yeah. tonight. I've got this lefty this lefty that righty righty in the bullpen and I can make adjustments at the end of the game because it's all about matchups from the seventh inning on. Well that's such a great point you just made because I never really thought about it in that context but you know you look at the game tonight and you have you know Seth Smith on the bench to start the ball game with a lefty starting at some point he's a guy clearly you could go to in a pinch hit situation but it's like you look at their bullpen and you have no earthly idea how most, to map most out pens the ball have game. two maybe three lefties yeah. right 
Well, the thing that the manager has to think about when you start getting into the sixth inning is if he's going to bring the lefty in to face Kyle Seager or to face Robinson Cano. That's certainly his option, but when you get into the eighth and ninth inning and now you're sending Seth Smith up there, but because he's got five or six lefties, <laughs> right. it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And, it, and, if, and if you're a team in the hunt, that really hurts you. That that I think that is an unfair situation. They have 25-man rosters for a reason. Mm -hmm. And finally, time to end things with the week that was. This is the week that was. A look back on highlights and events of the Mariners past week. On Mariners Magazine. Here's a swing and a ground ball base hit through the right side. Up of the ball down the right field line as Reddick gets the throw in. And that will keep Kyle to a one-out single. And with that, Kyle Seager now has a nine-game hitting streak. Last eight games hitting 500. And he's one for two this afternoon. And he's still hitting 500. What a run for Kyle. Two two on the way, swing and a line drive into left center field. Smith is there. He makes the catch, and the ball game is over. The Mariners hang on and win it three to two over the Oakland A's. They sweep aside the A's in this three-game series. Here's the one-one, and that is launched to left field. It is crushed. It is back. It is gone, just short of the upper deck into the Rangers bullpen. Absolutely blasted. A two-run home run for Mark Trumbo. Pitch. He swings and clubs it, barrels it high, right center. It sends Stubbs a long, long way back. It looks up, and it's gone. Seager, a two-run shot, and that wasn't cheap at all. That's out towards right center field. He crushes that pitch from Martin Perez. For Seager, it's his third hit. It's the second home run in this game tonight for the Mariners, who now lead the Rangers 5 to nothing. The 3-2 pitch on the way. Strike three called. Got him looking. The ball disappeared on the way to the plate, reappeared in Barron's mitt, and down goes Torinos. That is the 10th punch out of the ball game for Vidal Nuno. He has set down nine in a row, and he has shut out the Texas Rangers through seven innings. What a start this has been. You tip your hat to a guy that had really good stuff tonight. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like that he was just up there throwing pitches in the heart of the plate. It was there were some tough pitches that he threw to us tonight. The Kings 1-2 swing and a miss. He gets them with Fien on a changeup. And Felix collects strikeout number seven. And an awfully big time for the punch out here with Beltre at first and Moreland the tie and run. And with that, the Rangers have now been held off the board in 15 consecutive innings. I'm going with Nelly Cruz to hit number 40. First pitch to Nelson. He swings and lifts it high to right field. Chu looks up. It's a courtesy look. This is into the seats for a home run. Nelson Cruz out to right field. You can count him up. 40 home runs for Nelson Cruz, matching a career high, and it's now 5 to nothing. Mariners in the bottom of the seventh. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's the greatest team that ever had, and he's pretty good. Friedrich delivers, swing and a fly ball deep into the gap in right center field by Seeger. Going and going. This is gone. Goodbye, baseball. Seeger with his 24th home run of the season. Right up in the pitch, swinging a drive deep to straightaway right field, and this one is way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Off the auxiliary board above the lower deck, right below the hit it here cafe patio. What a drive by Robinson Cano. The pitch. Swing and a miss, and Daphne goes. He does it. The curveball again. The hook has got him. 
He has retired the first nine hitters he has seen. He has punched out five hitters in a row, and he saws through the Rockies lineup one, two, three here in the third. Now the infield up close for a play at the plate. Here's the squeeze. The bunt is down. Picked up by Flande. Shovels home. Not in time. Scoring Sean O'Malley. John Hicks with the squeeze bunt. Big righty standing there waiting for the pitch. Though two is swung on and clubbed. High and deep to left field. Back it goes. And it is gone into the Colorado Rockies bullpen. Nelson Cruz has smashed his career high 41st home run. Um, just another number, I guess, you know. Uh, focus and play baseball and win games, you know. That's the most important thing. Here's the stretch and the pitch. Curve swinging a chopper right side of the mound. Bible can't get to it. Morrison does. A flip back to Bible at first in time. And the ball game is over. The Mariners win it tonight here at Safeco Field 7-2. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 